Hello everyone, welcome to the European Hoops podcast, a Sportitus presentation. We bring you all the coverage you need of the EuroLeague. Make sure to follow us at Itos EuroLeague. My name is André and these are my co-hosts, Tiago and Diogo. How are you guys doing? I'm fine, André. How are you doing, Diogo? I'm good, guys. Let's get started with another episode. Let's start hitting the top news surrounding the EuroLeague. We start in Vitoria, where Basconia found a replacement for Harry. We won't be speculating about the reasons surrounding the departure of uh, Harry. It seems to be related with doping control we don't know if it's a doping situation so no point of exploring it too much until we have concrete news but uh, the reports indicate that they might have found a new point guard to replace him Max Heidegger he's a 25 year old American player that was playing in Turkey and he was averaging 19.5 points and 6.3 assists yeah how do you see him impacting Basconi and how do you expect his game to translate into what this team does Heidegger in my opinion plays at a high pace it fits uh, in Basconi uh, I think he can complement uh, Darius Thompson. The last game had 16 assists, so I see them pleading the point guard position. I'm looking forward to see it. Uh, yeah, for me, Max Heidegger uh, is a good fit with Basconia. I can see him playing either the one or the two because he also has the ability to score. He was playing great in Turkey, and I think he's going to adapt very well with Basconia's fast pace and the ball movement and all the shooting that they have. I think he will be able to succeed. I'm also looking forward to see him playing in EuroLeague and see what he can bring to this team and if he can have them being a bit more consistent and secure their playoff position. Another news that just broke is that Matt Thomas, the former Raptors player, is potential joining Paratinaikos. Thiago, do you think that Matt Thomas can uh, help Paratinaikos? On Paratinaikos' side, they're lacking three points and playmaking. And in my opinion, Matt Thomas complementing the three points. They can use him with... Um... Dwayne Bacon and Derek Williams to kick it out for him and for him to score in the three points. Yeah, I agree with Thiago here. He's not the point guard that they need. With the rumors uh, last episode about Shabazz Napier, they are completely different players, but obviously they need shooting as well. And Matt Thomas can certainly provide that. Uh, with one-on-one players like Dwayne Bacon, I think he's going to have open, open, open shots. And I think obviously he's going to knock him out because he's a great shooter, but... I think they're still lacking a, a little bit of playmaking. Yeah, those were the other news. It seems like Shabazz Napier was stolen by Milan. Not stolen, obviously, like Paratinaikos was in negotiations with the player and Milan ended up signing him. It seems to be a move mostly to save their domestic competitions or to help them conquering their domestic competitions after a very disappointing EuroLeague where they are kind of out of the competition at this moment. Yeah, how do you see him impacting the rest of the season of Milan? Uh, in my opinion, Napier will help them in the domestic league their uh, point guard is one of the best options available at, at the market uh, I don't think he will help this year in EuroLeague but I'm looking forward to see yeah I agree in EuroLeague they are too far behind now I think I think he should he, he will still help them they will look better on the court in my opinion, because he can provide playmaking, and obviously Milano struggles a lot offensively, so that should should help them. But for the domestic league, yeah, sure, I think they, they will be able to be favorites over Virtus. But yeah, it should it, it's an upgrade for sure. In my opinion, I think that uh, he will help them maybe have a nice last round in the Euroleague. I think the team wants to save their face. He might allow them perform some upsets later on in the season. While I don't expect Milan to be part of the playoffs and competing for a final four. Well, whatsoever this season I think they might 
might end up messing up the mat for other team. While we wait for the confirmations of these players signing with their new teams and uh, for them to make their debut on this on this season of Euroleague, let's hit all the nine games that took place Thursday and Friday and that were part of the round 21 of the Euroleague. We start in Madrid where the classic between Real and Barcelona went to overtime and Real got the win 91-86. The MVP of the game was Gabriel Deck with 23-7. and Dazan Musa took over the game later and scored 18 points. Satoransky was the best player for Barcelona with 12-4-7. Barcelona dominated the first three quarters of the game and they were leading by 9 points heading into the fourth. Real Madrid took over the game in the fourth with a 23-14 fourth quarter and took the game to overtime. Musa was the best player on overtime and led Real Madrid to the win. Tiago, what caught your eye on this game and were you surprised with Real Madrid getting this win? Yeah, I got surprised. In the preview of this round, I said that Bar Bar Barcelona was, was winning this game. So tough for me. I liked a lot the way Barcelona started playing in fast transitions, sharing the ball, the taking IQ decisions by Mirotic and Cesares. But then uh, Real Madrid started playing in the small ball with Yabuzel playing at the center. This decision kept them alive, being aggressive on the screens. This decision got them uh, back in the game. And in the Barcelona side, they were shooting efficiently in the three points. But the turnovers that they got in the game made them lose this one. Yeah, uh, I agree with mo most of what Diablo said. I also picked Barcelona to win. And they, he was looking like that, like that for the first three quarters. They were playing so well. They were moving the ball. They were shooting so efficiently. Uh, Sadoransky's presence and his impact is crazy because his playmaking ability he controls the pace of the game he knows when to go fast when to go slow i love the the plays that they were calling i even saw elevator doors for mirotic they were just playing so well in the first half and in the third quarter uh, shout out to the rookie james naji because he did a great job on walter davars and on warrior then uh, gabriel deck kept real in the game for three boards he didn't let barca get away with the score and then sergio Luke came up clutch to force the overtime and in the overtime it was all about real madrid and Zanon Musa. His shot making was incredible in overtime and he took over that game for them to, to guarantee the win. James Nard had quite of an impressive performance. He's a projected uh, mid to late first round pick on this year's NBA draft. The classics between these two teams are always a delight. Two of the most accomplished teams in Europe uh, with very deep rosters. They split their games this regular season and are two strong contenders to be in the final four. Let's move on to Berlin where Valencia got a road win against Alba. The final score was was Alba 88, Valencia 94. The MVP of the game was Chris Jones with 16, 2, 6 and 3. Jared Harper had 20 and 4. Lowe had 25, 3 and 1. And Tiamant had 17, 5 and 3. This was a very important road win for Valencia and for their aspirations to make it all the way to the playoffs. Tiago, you picked Valencia as the favorites to win this game. Did the game unroll as you expected? And what are your thoughts about Procida since it wouldn't be an European Hoops podcast if you don't talk about <laughs> Uh, I was expecting this this game to happen on this way. Uh, they weren't the worst defense. In the first three minutes were crazy. The, they were scoring like 20 points, most of them shooting in the three-point line. For this game, what stands out the most uh, was Valencia defense. Did a good job uh, putting Comage in some uncomfortable situations for him defensively. Exploring a lot of screens with him, doing backdoor cuts. He couldn't block it. Procida had a bad game, in my opinion, taking a lot of bad decisions, not being aggressive. In the other sides, I like the way that they play, playing as unselfish with guys like Sigma and Tierman making high IQ passes and plays, but Valencia playing strong in my opinion. And that's what stands out the most for me in this game. For me, I like Valencia's playing style. They share the ball a lot. They had 21 assists. That's usually what they do. They share the ball. They shoot a lot of threes. 
And I was just impressed with the, the guard play on this game. Chris Jones and Jared Harper for Valencia and Maudolo for Alba Berlin. Uh, it was a good game with a, a high scoring. I think Valencia, this is a big win for Valencia because now they move ahead of Efej and are tied for the 8th spot. If they can keep this up, they might lock a playoff spot. So it will be curious to see how they go the rest of the series. Yeah, Valencia is now building a strong case with a 4-game winning streak to make it into the playoffs when the regular season is done. They are a team to keep a close eye on the, the rest of the season and see if they can accomplish that. Let's move south where Monaco received Milan and in a high scoring affair got the win. Monaco 101, Milan 88. The MVP of the game was Elio Kobo with 19 and 7, Mike James had 18, 10 and 4 and Timote Lua Kabarot had 19, 3 and 3. Trying to outscore Monaco might not have been the best game plan for Milan. Monaco shown they are the superior team and following strong performances from Mike James and Elio Kobo, they had just too much firepower for Milan. Yeah, it was a weird first day of round 21 having you and Yoke having the, the same exact picks for the winners of the this day of competition uh, you both picked Monarch and you were both right so what do you think of Milan's approach to this game Milan's approach for this game they, they're one of they're the worst offensive team but they scored 88 points so that's good for them the way that they scored wasn't enough because shooting a lot of three points was good but then on the defensive side of the ball they were struggling Milan who struggles a lot playing the five on five situation in the offense with the slow pace and very predictable offense I like them when playing off transition with guys like TLC uh, doing their job. For Monaco's side, the game was good and in the fourth quarter, guys like uh, Elio Kobo and Mike James took over. I agree with you, Andrea. I don't think uh, getting into a, a scoring matchup with Monaco was a good idea for Milano, uh, especially knowing the, their struggles offensively. I give them a shout out for trying though, because they were, they were able to score 88 points and that's something we we never see from them, so good for them on that point. But Monaco is just so much like they showed why they are one of the contending teams, at least for me. They have elite scoring ability, elite playmaking with those guards. So I was expecting Monaco to win. Like you said, we both picked Monaco and it's a good win for them. Considering Milan played good offensively, they, they were able to stay in the lead and to control the game. And they are now tied for third. So I expect Monaco, Monaco to continue to show their dominance and to be a, a rigid playoff threat. Yeah, this was indeed a game dominated by the home team. It was also nice to see Monaco having his first seven minutes of action for, for them. I'm looking forward to watching growing in his role for the, the team and the impact that he can have. I was wondering, uh, do you think that uh, this style of play and uh, Milan trying to outscore teams or being mostly an offensive team might be an indication of what they might try to do once they get Napier? They shot 33s in this game and I think this could be a, a way for them to offset their offensive struggles and with a, a creative point guard like Shabazz Napier I think they can get some open shots and hopefully they will keep shooting this many threes because this might give them a like a puncher's chance to, to compete in any given game. So yeah, I like that move for them and I hope, they, and I expect them to improve offensively. Uh, they, need, they need a creator, so that's what Shabazz Napier is. They were, they're struggling, like I said, they're struggling a lot of playing on five on five situation with a slow pace and Napier provides 
the opposite. So I'm looking forward to see it. Also looking forward to see how they will look like adding more talent to their roster. Next game took us to Greece. One game of two halves and an incredible turnaround from Palatinaikos receiving and beating Zalgiris with the final score. Palatinaikos 89, Zalgiris 65. The MVP of the game was Paris Lee with 24, 4, 1 and 3. Dwayne Bacon had 13, 5 and 3. And Roland Schmidt was the best for the visiting team with 11 and 5. Zalgiris went to the halftime up 15 and Paratinakos had an, an unbelievable second half performing in an amazing 39-point turnaround scoring 37 points in the third quarter and a total of 62 points in the second half while allowing only 23 points. Yeah, this was one of the most incredible bounce backs of the season. Do you think that this was a great performance from Paratinakos or a meltdown from Zalgiris? This was a, an indeed uh, great performance by Paratinakos but the thing that stands out the most for me in this game is uh, Zalgiris missing the guard Ulanovas and Brazdekis are playing a lot of Vizal ball that's not their game and playing back to the basket without that much of an advantage so I'm I'm just expecting for Zaito to come back see what they got on Panathinaikos side I, I liked a lot when they went small for some time forcing some turnovers from Zalgiri big in the late of the second quarter this decision kept them alive in the game and then in the, the third quarter was a three-point shootout for them picking up on what Thiago said about the three-point shooting Panathinaikos had one three in the first half and then in the third quarter they had seven so that just showed how much of a different team there was coming out of halftime uh, and scoring 37 in the third is 62 and four to 23 in the second half is just an insane score considering Zalgiris should be playoff team uh, so yeah this is a great win for Panathinaikos kind of stopping their losing streak not that they, that they lost seven straight but they were one and seven in their last eight so it's a, a very important win for them and now with maybe some backups coming up with the rumor of Matt Thomas maybe they can build something from here uh, I think it's it's going to be difficult but I like to see them having this win see if they can compete into their, until the end of the season. Yeah, I had some bad news with Punica probable to miss their next two games in the following week and uh, Dwayne Bacon being doubtful to their domestic game but uh, still questionable to, to play for in the early. Let's see how that impacts them. I, I noticed uh, Thiago bringing it up twice already on the on this uh, game recaps and we have seen some teams at uh, times going more small ball and do you guys see that becoming a trend and in the long term how Happening something similar to what happened in the NBA, where the position of center will change and we will have more small ball in Euroleague as well. Yeah, uh, I think with more teams starting to play a, a more fast-paced game with a lot of ball movement and shooting, I'm not going to say the bigs become irrelevant, but their role certainly decreases a little bit. We talked about Real going small and their bigs with Walter Tavares and Vincent Poirier. They are very big and not so fast. So I think that allows them to play a different type of defense and then running on the break and scoring as fast as possible. And, and again, these were two teams that were losing and they went small ball to try to turn things around and obviously they succeeded and won the game. So yeah, I think this could be an option for a lot of teams going forward because the game has changed now, of course, with the three-point shooting. I like it when teams have uh, stretch fours that can play the five on those small ball lineups. So I, I like it a lot. Now we are seeing uh, small ball centers playing good basketball Basketball. Matheus Lazard is, is on the MVP race for me. He's an, a, a small ball center. And the, if you're playing, if you're playing small ball, you you can be aggressive on on the defense side. Go to the fast break with more advantage. So I think that will be a trend in Euroleague, and I'm looking forward to see it. Yeah, and having you both as my co-host, loving guard play and small ball play, I'm sure that we will have a good run of podcasts ahead of us for the next years. Seeing that become more of a thing. And like you mentioned about Lazard, he just had a, another 
another very good game and he has been one of the best uh, players of the Euroleague this, this season exactly playing that role for the Partizan team. Euroleague is indeed incredible and if we thought that uh, this might have been the surprise of the night, this performance from Paratinakis in the second half, we were very very wrong. Haswell surprised everyone and surprised both of you that had picked Fenerbahce to beat them and dominated the championship contenders Fenerbahce and got the home win with the final score being Haswell 91, Fenerbahce 77. The MVP of the game was Nando De Colo with 26, 5 and 3. Debost has 15, 4 and 9. And Carson Edwards was the best for the road team with 22, 1 and 3. Yeah, was this a revenge game for De Colo? If it was, he certainly felt revenge. It was indeed a revenge game from Nando De Colo. And in my opinion, Fenerbahce had a bad start and Advel came out looking strong, making some tough shots. And yeah, vintage Nando for me. I'm looking forward to see the their next game. Yeah, Asvel came out from the start with an 11-0 lead and then from then it was just pure dominance from, from them. And I think Fenerbahce cut the, the the disadvantage to 9 points once and that was the only time they were down single digits. The rest of the game, Asvel just dominated them, leading by double digits the entire game. We had a, a revenge game, like you guys mentioned, from Rando Vicoldo with 26-5. and five. And But again, the, the guard play just keeps impressing me this year in EuroLeague with not only Nando but Bebost and Carson Edwards playing at a high level. So I'm happy that the guards are showing up this year and going to the small ball thing like we talked about before. The guards just keep playing at an elite level. So that can contribute even more for the small ball. The first day of action ended with a surprise and the second one started with, in the best possible way with another classic. This time around, Red Star and Partizan, where for the second time this season the road team got the win, with the final score being Red Star 78, Partizan 79. The MVP of the game was Zach Lede with 23 and 2 steals, 4 from 5 from 3. Exum had 24 and 5, Vildoza 26, 6 and 2 and Nedovic had 23 and 1. The game started with an amazing atmosphere in the arena and both teams played with a high intensity level. Partizan went into halftime leading by 8 points. Red Star was able to control the pace of the game in the second half and got the game down to 1 point with 110 to play. Partizan closed the game 7 from 8 from the free throw line and was able to secure the 1 point lead despite Vildoza 7 points in the last 3 minutes and Nedovic 3 pointer at the buzzer. Yeah, the intensity of these games is always off the charts. Besides the emotions running high and Partizan and getting an important win. What are your thoughts on this game? Thoughts on, on, on this game for me. Uh, I liked a lot Dante Exum play, uh, the, the way that he is playing right now. Last game, he, he had a great game and then against Ravenna's Beza yesterday, he was having a good three-point uh, percentage. Dante Exum is making a, a great case for me to be one of my favorite point guards. Uh, he was taking a lot of good decisions, shooting a, a good, good three-point percentage and he's an offensive threat for me right now. The other thing that I, I liked the most uh, this game was uh, Lede versus Petrusev. Lede took over. Had a great game, shooting a lot of a lot of tough shots. In Cervantes Vesa's side, and the fact that Nedovic stayed on the bench too long didn't help them because they, they were missing some scoring. In my opinion, obviously this is a, a great win for Partizan. They are now tied with Red Star in standings in the win-loss column. And, and they beat their rival in their home court, so it's a big win for them. Uh, I like how Dante had some attacked, especially in the first half. I think he was playing very good. And Zach Lede was also a great contributor in this game. Um, on Red Star side, I, enjoy, like I, said, I enjoyed Bill Dozer 
playmaking and his decision making. I think he's improved a lot since he was in Basconia two or three years ago. He's now playing the point guard at least until Compasso comes back and he's doing a, a very good job at it. Uh, even though Red Star had a lot of uncharacteristic turnovers uh, on the fast break at home, trying to play in fast transitions where they are usually strong and they made a lot of mistakes and I think that ended up costing them the game. So. Yeah, this is a big win for Partizan. After a classic in Belgrade decided by one point, you would think it couldn't get much better than that, but it did. The highest scoring game of the season took place in Vitoria, and this game was the second highest scoring game in the EuroLeague history. It had a final score of 114 for Basconia and 111 for FS. The MVP of the game was Darius Thompson with 19, 16 and 16. Costello had 33 and 5 and Giedraitis scored 18 rebounds. Larkin with 21, 3 and 6 and Misic with 19-5-2 were the best ones for the visiting team. It was two elite offensive performances and the 28-21 fourth quarter from Basconia took the game to overtime. Holmes scored the three-pointer that tied the game at 98 and it was his only three points in the game. Because Howard was ice cold early on in the game, he was able to start attacking the basket and create some offense that his team really needed later in the game and in the last 7 minutes and 40 seconds he scored 11 points. The trio of Thompson with 19 points and 16 assists, Costello with 33 points and Giedraitis with 18 rebounds carried the team to the win. And the MVP Darius Thompson closed the game with Cherry on top of the cake with a block shot on a plus 3 point attempt consolidating to lock the win. What a game Thierry. I know that F is our favorite almost every time that they step into a basketball court in EuroLeague like we have spoken so many times in this podcast. But Bosconi was able to step up their game and get this extremely important win. What matchups and performance caught your eye? The performance that caught my eye uh, was Darius Thompson with 16 assists. In the, in the preview, it, we, we spoke about the, if this backcourt with uh, Darius Thompson and Marcus Howard. If they can't work, this team is in trouble. But the, the fact that he had 16 assists and Marcus Howard uh, had 16 points and Darius Thompson 19, he helped a lot on Basconia's side. They're playing so unselfish because Darius Thompson, 16 assists, but a guy like Gidat, Gidatris had 6 assists too. They, they shared a lot of the ball. They shared a lot of ball with 31 assists. So yeah, the, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, like Thiago just mentioned, for me, the, the key to this game are the 31 assists for Basconia. They almost doubled the assists of FH and obviously Darius Thompson was a big part of that. He himself had as many assists as FH, so that says something, obviously. Uh, Basconia's play style is just so good to watch. They share the ball a lot. They run, they shoot. I think they shot 43s and each team scored 16 of them. So mm. shout out to, to all Basconia players because they obviously weren't, were not favorites to, to win this game and, and they get a huge overtime win. Uh, that was a great shot by Holmes to force the overtime. And then Darius Thompson with that block on Tibor Plus. That was just incredible because he's like, what, six feet and Tibor Plus is seven feet. So that was a great block, secure the win. And yeah, shout out to Pasquania, man, because they play really well. Uh, I really love their playing style and their coach, Panaroya. Uh, what a great job they're doing this year. And Max Heidegger should, should help even more. It was such a pleasant game to watch. And like you just said, you know, it was a team win. Another big factor was the, the ability for them to generate second chances. If I'm not mistaken, they got 18 of offensive rebounds. And it was everybody contributing, everybody adding, looking for solutions to be able to contribute and get this win. And, and the small little gem is like, no matter what's happening, Harry was still there watching the game, enjoying the team, celebrating 
and no matter what mistakes people make or what problems there are, it's nice to see that uh, teammates stick together. And we continue to the last two games uh, of the round 21. The first one in Greece uh, with Olympiakos beating Maccabi 95-89. Sasha Zenkov was the MVP of the game with 23 and 9. Walcup had 9 and 12, and Sorkin had 23 and 9. Olympiakos went into the halftime with a 15-point lead. Maccabi was able to answer with a 20-28 third quarter. Olympiakos got back into the game in the fourth and secured the six-point win. Yeah, what were you looking for on this game? I was looking if Sasha Vezhenkov could consolidate his MVP race and he, he proved me right. He had a 23 points and I liked a lot the way that they're playing. Uh, I'm looking forward to see it in the next game. Uh, the thing that I liked a lot is Thomas Walcup being uh, a lockdown defender and he now he's scoring too. Unfortunately, Lucas couldn't finish the game because he he had a back injury. So let's see. Hope the guy is okay. For me, what I was hoping to see in this game was how Maccabi would perform without Lorenzo Brown. Um, Wade Baldwin had 14 points and 8 assists. But uh, Thomas Walkup, obviously that was a good matchup. Thomas Walkup did a good job on him, trying to control him as much as possible. And then he had 12 assists. Uh, so I want to give a huge shout out to Thomas Walkup because he's obviously known as a defender. And for the past few games, he's been improving his offensive game a lot and contributing for Olympiakos on the offensive end, supporting Sasha Vezenkov. Good job for him, and the Olympia to get another win, and they stay in the first place side with Real Madrid. It was indeed a very good win for Olympiacos, and we all hope that uh, it's nothing serious with uh, Slokos. The Olympiacos was able to hold to the top of the standings, and uh, in the last game of the day, Bayern continued to build their good momentum, and this time around they beated Virtus 91-84. The MVP of the game was Rubit with 18-3 and 2 steals. Cassius Winston had 15-3 and 4, and Teodosic 14-2-9. Yeah, if Bayern keeps up with this level of performance, do you see them reaching the playoffs? I don't see them reaching the playoffs. Uh, they're 9-12 and Partizan is going strong. F is staying on a race. And Valencia, for me, the the eighth spot is the net spot flock. So I don't see Bayern doing. Uh, I'm looking forward to see it. I like the, the way that they coached. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see but I don't think they can, and they can make it. Yeah, I, I agree with Thiago. I think it would be too difficult for them to, to end up making it uh, because of the injuries they have as well. Obviously, Lukic is probably their best player and he hasn't been available. So it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. But obviously with Coach Trincheri, they're always well prepared they can beat anybody or any given day i just wouldn't bet on it so i think they can win some games still but with all the competition for that seven and eight spot it's just going to be tough i really don't see them making it but this was a very good win yeah like you said you're with uh, trinchier uh, leading the team they will always be competitive and provide us with good basketball unfortunately on this game uh, elias aries also got injured and had to leave the game and judging by the way trinchier spoke about it in his post-game interview it seems to be somewhat serious we don't know yet how long the playroom is but it's another player it is out for Bayern. Bayern now won three out of their last four games and this this game was a very physical one and a hard-fought win for Bayern. They were consistent across the game and they managed to lead the, the first three quarters and despite the 29 fourth quarter from Virtus that tried to, to come back, Bayern had built already too big of a lead. They, they raced to 13th place in the standings and they are two games behind the playoff spot but like Thiago just mentioned it will be hard for them to make up the way to get there. Olympiacos and Real lead the standings after round 21 with 14-7 records. Valencia caught Maccabi in the 8th 
eighth place with uh, 11 10 records these are the the main movements within the standings after round 21 we made a decision to bring all of you our listeners a, a little bonus in the end of this podcast there has been talk about uh, Euroleague adding all-star game and judging by the comments of the CEO of the Euroleague Glickman they are trying to find ways to catch a bigger audience that goes beside the hardcore basketball fans and uh, all-star event is a celebration of the game and it allows you to to bring stars and to bring popular people and uh, Euroleague wants to go into that direction that will bring financial advantages and allow the league to grow so we prepared the small draft where Diogo and Diago our experts will uh, select their all-star teams between all the Euroleague players and then we will set up a little poll on Twitter for you guys to decide which team is the best one and which one of our experts did the best job constructing their team I will perform a little coin flip to decide who goes first and who has the first pick we will do a snake draft the coin decided that Yakurdair will be the first one selecting select your player and uh, let us know why you are picking that player just for logistic reasons we decided that uh, Campazzo won't be in the selections although he's certainly an all-star level player for Euroleague just since he hasn't played yet and uh, while the situation is being resolved he likely will be an uh, unlegible to play an all-star game in this moment in the Euroleague so he won't be available for this reason so let's start Tiago with your first round pick who do you select with the first round pick the Tiago team select Misic for me it's the 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 best player that we got in the Euroleague so I got the best player well Duke this is what you expected uh no it's not it's not what I expected from him uh I'm gonna go with my first pick with a player that I expected him to take and I'm gonna go with Sasha Vesikov I knew you you expected that why did you started to build your team around Vesikov you're gonna understand it with my next pick and I'll, I'll explain both Rattle. Okay, perfect. Go ahead. With the third, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Mirotic now. So because there are so, because there are so many guards, I think that I don't need to pick one this early. So I'm gonna go with the two best fours in Euroleague, in my opinion, and I'm gonna play small ball with one of them at the pod. So just to, just to clarify, you are saying that you are already winning this All Star game because your strategy is better. Continuing with the fourth <laughs> with the fourth pick, Yag, you are selecting. Uh, I'm selecting Clyburn. It's the best wing that we got in this league. Oh, it's a wings league, so I got the best one. Okay, very well. And with the fifth pick, and then to match up with one of the guys that Diogo select, uh, I'll select Petrozev, one of my favorite players. And he's playing at a high level, but yeah. I just want to let you know that if you are considering Procida, you might need to take him now. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave him for Thiago. <laughs> uh, okay. Now to counter the message pick, I'm gonna take uh, Sadoransky. Okay. Uh, I think he is the best uh, pure point guard um, in this year's Euroleague. So I'm gonna take him, and I'm gonna have him control my offense. And to give him shooting and another guard to operate with him, I'm gonna take Mike James. Zankov, Mirotic, Satoransky, and Mike James, while Tiago has Misic, Clyburn, and Petrosev. Who is the eighth pick, Tiago? I like to see that Diogo is going small ball, really small. With my pick, my next pick, uh, I'm gonna take uh, Zavon Muzum. Good pick. So I got four. I got a, a guard wing. 
Uh, I'm a take Lazard. Very good pick in my opinion. So we have Misic, Kleiber, Petrosev, Musa and Lazard for Thiago. Diogo, who are you picking at 10 and 11? Uh, I'm going to take Dwayne Bacon now to play my three. Uh, and I'm going to take Walter Davard to be my only sender on this team. Team. Your only mismatch. Not a mismatch. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> so how, who are you taking at 12 and 13? So to be the sixth man on, on my team, I'm picking Lloyd from Monaco. And uh, 13? 13, I need... Uh, I'm going to go with Yabuzel. That was my next pick. That was my next I would expect that. And I picked him because he's such a, a good defender and such an aggressive player. So, yeah. Okay. That would have been my next pick or one of my next picks. But because I already have Mirotic, Vezinkov and Walter Tavares, I think I'm going to chill on the bigs now. Uh, and I'm going to take Nando de Bolo. Vintage Nando. And with the pick 15? Uh, I'm far between two players here. Uh, this is assuming help, right? Yes, of course. I'm going to take uh, Vladimir Lu Lusic. Big shout out for Lusic here. Yeah, pick 16 and 17. With the pick 16, I need playmaking, so I'm going to go with Kolaris. And with the pick 17? 17, so I got in center. I got, uh, I'm going to go with Dulevic, so I'm, I'm finding the center position. Do you pick 18 and 19? Okay, I'm going to take uh, Mario Ezonia and I'm going to take Corey Higgins. So, just quickly catching up with the teams. Uh, Diogo has Zankov, Mirotic, Chaturansky, Mike James, Bacon, Tavares, Dekolo, Lutsic, Ezonia and Higgins. And Tiago has Misic, Clyburn, Petrosev, Musa, Lessort, Lloyd, Yabusele, Kalatis and Dublevich. Tiago picks 20 and 21. Who do you get? Uh, I'm going to go with Wilbekin. Of course I would. And uh, a shout out to my guy, Uvanovas on my team is playing such an high level. I know I'm MVP race for for this month. I'm looking forward. Very well deserved them uh, all-star player. Diogo, your two I, last I, picks. I'm feeling so stupid now because I thought Thiago was going to pick Wilbeck in uh, way earlier, so I didn't even have it, had him on my list. And now he fell all the way down here and I should have taken him before. Uh, but He's uh, playing mind games. Thiago is playing mind games. It's cool because I would <laughs> think I will go with Procida. <laughs> now, now I'm going to take an even better shooter than Wilbekin and I'm going to go Marcus Howard. Okay. And, and with your last yeah. pick? Okay, with my last pick... Oh, I'm going to take another guard and uh, I have both Maccabi guards here and I, I'm torn about which one I'm going to take. Because I already have Sadoransky and Nando De Colo, I'm going to take Wade Baldwin. I, I want some rim pressure and I want some guy attacking the rim more than Lorenzo Brown, so I'm going to take Wade, Wade Baldwin. Yeah, with your last pick. With my last pick. I know I have a lot of centers, but he's playing at such a high level, so I'm going to take Mothley. We didn't pick him. He's playing really good, so he's my he's my last pick. Very well. Just uh, out of curiosity, do you feel heartbroken that Procida wasn't uh, chosen? <laughs> no, Procida <laughs> should be heartbroken, not me. <laughs> <laughs> now there there is a lot of talent in this league, and we didn't really took into consideration players like Shabazz Napier that probably will also be in contention. Just out of curiosity, uh, Tiago, and before we choose the coaches for each team. Tiago, which players did you have in your lists that didn't make it to the All-Star selections? Nigel Ace, Nedovic. Uh, Diogo, did you pick Vildoza? No. Uh, no, I did not took Vildoza. He, he was on my list, but uh, I just went with these other guys ahead of him. I had Lorenzo, too, in my list. Uh, Derek Williams uh, and Shanley. Diogo, who did you got that wasn't selected? Yeah, I had three guards here that uh, I really considered, but 
Yeah, one of them was Vilgoza, like we, we talked already. Uh, Lorenzo Brown too, and uh, Valor Bev from Bayern Munich. And then I had John Brown the third, but I don't want to play uh, a lot of fours and fives, so I stayed away from. Him. Very well. Let's flip things around, and then Jug will get the the choice of the coach for his All Star team. Rem remembering that his team is Vzenkov, Mirotic, Shatoransky, Mike James, Bacon, Tavares, Decolo, Lutsic, Ezonje, Higgins, Marcus Howard, Wade Baldwin. Jug, who is the coach that you will select to coach this team? This is so hard. I have four options. All of them are amazing coaches, but. For the style of game, uh, for the play style that I want to play, I'm going to take Basconi's coach, Pena Royan. Okay, very well. We're, we're going to use a lot of small ball lineups. We're going to play fast pace, and we're going to shoot, shoot, and then shoot it again. <laughs> Looking yeah. forward to watch this game. Tiag, who are you picking to coach your team? Misic, Kleiber, Petrosev, Musad, Lessart, Lloyd, Yavoselli, Kalates, Dublevich, Wilbikin, Ulanovas, and Motley. Who is your coach? With the guys that I that I have in the the, the play style that I that I want to play, uh, I'm picking you two of these. He's a guy who who can give the the keys to the office for, uh, to the guard. Then I got Misic, I, I got Nicolaitis. So yeah, I'm looking forward to. To see this game, I expect it, I expect me to win. So let's hell now. <laughs> let's play it on Twitter and let our listeners decide who who is winning this this game. Just uh, out of curiosity and hinting a, a future discussing in this podcast, who are the other top four coaches that you guys had that didn't make the All Star team? Uh, let's start with Tiago. I had it is George Bartzukas and Trincieri. I I just picked uh, I picked this one this one and then Basconia coach is one of my favorites. Yeah, too. Yo, the same core, exactly the same. And okay. My, just wanted to say, in my I didn't I didn't pick uh, Cervantes as the coach because this is an All Star game. It's a festive way, a festive. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I didn't pick him. I, I could have also picked Ataman, but he would only play five guys, so I couldn't do it. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Twitter at Ichos Euroleague. Tune into our next episode previewing the upcoming double header week in the Euroleague. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for more and vote on my team, Yago team. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for staying with us for another episode. Uh, I hope you guys see the rosters clearly and pick the better team, which is mine, obviously. And Follow us for more. Stay tuned. Bye, guys.